0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2018 Death Sentence Awards of 2018. Well, <laughs> It's actually very loud. That's a bit, bit too loud, actually. Okay, yeah, I, don't, I don't know no, if anyone no, can hear my phone. It's, it's much too loud. Less listen less to the monitors. Okay. Oh, okay, it's quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> Alright, we're gonna do uh, music, uh, anime, uh, weed. Uh, we're gonna talk about Mark Fisher for a bit. And yeah, it, it's actually still very loud. Can you bring it in like strings now? Uh, no, no, this is, this is not gonna work. It's very loud got to like down like, like three decibels I, I don't know what measurements you use like, yeah, these, these things keep coming in like these more strings like, and this whole like major key like, skyline thing you know, like, I, I can see it's in the red I can see the recording it's actually like, way in the red like, it's really yellow like, like, green is why it's green like, red is there to say don't it yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, well, it's quiet now um we're gonna talk about mark fisher for a bit then do awards. did you want to like to talk a bit about the what you had to say about mark fisher or did you want to leave that yeah
1: one? i i i can i can do a quick stinger on that thankfully okay. it's not um It would have been better to have this stuff uh, said during the conversation because then there would be some, you know. sorry about that. It it, it, it was was an issue on my end. You don't have to apologize. Um, Gotta love how technology does decide Sometimes you're not going to do something. And that's fine. (laughs) That's also been a, that's going to be an increasingly uh, common tale in the future where uh, where our post-SESTA and FOSTA uh, internet is going to just say like, yeah, no, you just can't do that anymore. You're yeah, like,
0: yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. Like uh, you know, it's full of kidick stories where you just your, your toaster decides it hates you. And yeah, you will not have toast today, or your door won't open. If it's no <laughs> you're longer a door. In the toilet uh, now. Yeah, that's you're fine. Like, oh, but,
1: good. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the thing that I think comes clear with his writing because it's um. It's, it's odd reading him, because he, he has a reputation that precedes him pretty thoroughly, especially in the modern left.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Thank you, Vampire and Castle. When,
1: and when you, when you actually read him, one, he's a lot more readable than he sounds. He sounds like he's going to be very intellectually intimidating, and it's not that he doesn't have a lot of substance there, but it, he's a much better and breathable writer than he sometimes gets credit for. Yeah, like, right. his k punk took off because people could read it and get what he was saying, even when he was talking about some really fine-grain philosophical stuff, fine-grain political stuff. Like he, he made it very approachable yeah. but without sacrificing too much detail.
0: Yeah, and that's partly because of his back. Well, his growing up um, reading the, most of the stuff he read in like the enemy or like the yeah. big musical papers at the time, the Melody Maker. Does. Yeah,
1: he's just a remarkably well-trained writer, and um, picked up a lot of stuff from from pop media, which is why he returned to it a lot as something worthy of critique. Because um, anyone who like picks up stuff from it will be like, "Well, I have to give you know credit where credit's due." Can't pretend that I'm, I'm the brain genius out of nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of times, uh, as a result of him being one of the most easily readable and accessible sort of modern intellectuals of that type, which is a cast that many try to uh, access, uh, normally to very bad results. Um, Because you you can tell pretty clearly from his writing that he wasn't so much trying to be a public intellectual as he was thinking out loud and people finding value in those thoughts, which is much more sincere and different from I don't know the Barry Weisses of the world, where it's, um, and you know, it, everyone who listens to this has a Twitter almost certainly, so you know the types where they're like they terminally post but without any self awareness that they are in fact posting. Um,
0: yeah, the people and, who gets uh, their entire replies filled with various drill tweets. Yes. And- can't reconnect those to what they said because what they said was obviously genius and they're you yeah, know they they know the value of centrism even though all the bearded bernie bros would never understand
1: and so they're actually being harassed by being told that they're they're just being real dumb as hmm. opposed to being informed politely that they're being real dumb and should dial it down um so as a result of this sometimes i think we overlook one of the big One of the big projects of Mark Fisher's work, and this is what he was attempting to do with uh, the Vampire Castle essay, but appears elsewhere, Um, acid communism is another example of him attempting to do it, is looking at the very serious organizational structural problem of contemporary leftism, where it's not bad that we have this plurality of desires for the shape of leftism and plurality of um, interests and goals uh from you know uh, racial elements at the left obviously have interest in racial justice and that's totally fine and good and he doesn't really invalidate that and there's class based sectors that want are thinking just pretty pretty locally on class and there's gender segments thinking locally about gender um it does raise eventually the question and anyone who's dealt with organization either from actively trying to organize themselves or just witnessing other people do it is We know we need to be in coalition with one another and be in the big tent working towards a common goal. But how precisely do we reconcile, uh, some of these structures that we have in a local space into a broader organization, which is very tricky. Um, it feels simple on paper because we all generally want the same thing. It's hard to find a leftist who denies that racial justice is necessary or that gender justice is necessary. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, hard, it's harder, however, to find someone who practically carries that into their day-to-day organizi- or organizing, their day-to-day um, political activism, their day-to-day just political life. I mean, that's where you get podcasts like Cumbtown, which make some, some jokes that very obviously and very fairly make certain people uncomfortable. But if you were to ask the people making them, like, are you against, say, the rights of sex workers, uh, they they would immediately be like, no, obviously not. And the fact that that disconnect occurs in them is because whether we want to or not, if we're honest with ourselves, we do have local fixations with what leftism in our specific lives should do. And that can sometimes override the notion that it's much, much bigger than any one person By design, like the whole point of leftism is that it's about the breadth of life and not even just human life, because we have uh, ecological and animal rights elements uh, within the left that are that are also valid components. Um, And so I think that's the that's the unifying thread of even his unsuccessful essays is trying to grapple with. How do we make everyone work together? What does that look like and not being aware that that means someone somewhere is going to have to make sacrifices even temporarily Mm. Um, because there is simply too much to be done for all of us to do all of it simultaneously. And to the credit of, of his work, I think he's quite open to the idea that one, he can be wrong about who needs to pause Like, I don't think he had any illusions uh, that are apparent within the writing that he thinks that he is the final destination for all of these thoughts and should be the final arbiter. He felt like a guy who was neck deep in it, thinking out loud about the things he sees day to day in leftist space, but didn't feel like, and if you disagree with me, you're fucking wrong and an idiot. Um, Which is where I think Nagel's response about, you know, like blue-haired Tumblr girls are the thing that caused his death uh, is just super fucking asinine. Because one, I don't think he would agree with that at all. Um, And two, I, I strongly believe that there's no element in his writing that would deny that they, even the most obnoxious Tumblr types, have a place within leftism. It's sometimes that we don't always know where they should best go, who they should best work with, what aims we should best aim towards with them, whether we might need to abridge ourselves in order to make room for that, or whether they might need to abridge themselves in order to fit within leftism properly. Um, And that's where I think that he's compelling, he's most compelling, I think, because of the fact that his writing doesn't show any illusion towards, like, this is an active project it's sort of like why we have gender studies and racial race studies and african american studies is because these aren't closed books by nature they really can't be closed but we definitely don't have all the answers for how to best do this stuff and i think sometimes he gets judged in fact i think a lot of leftists uh get judged on do you already have a perfectly functioning model rather than like no, this is something we all need to join our voices in.
0: Um, yeah, one thing I was—I'm—I'm I'm glad I didn't actually say on the on the show work with uh, Tom Wyman uh, the other day because I realized now it was a it was a dumb thing to say. Is the big um, quote that always came, comes up in regards to um, Art Fisher's work is the whole um, it's easier to imagine the end of the world than the end of capitalism. And yeah. I was going to say, well. Mark Fisher never imagined what a post capitalist world would look like, or what's uh, really beyond much at all but then yeah you like you said it's it's not his place or really anyone's to imagine that world until you know cause it's going to be built on a series of compromises between different interest groups and including blue haired Tumblegirls. girls, yeah.
1: And I I think the um that's where we get sometimes the uh one thing that I strongly agree with with elements of um with elements of leftist thought. And I hesitate to say Marxist thought because I think actually Marx and Lenin can be um can be victims of this thing that I'm about to say, which is um a general desire to avoid utopianism because I think while utopianism can be a very strong selling point, I don't think it's actually practically very useful. And I think sometimes it can be more destructive than, than helpful because it dissuades us from grappling with like, okay, yeah, but what do we need right here, right now? Like we can imagine, and it's worthwhile to suppose these things and try to build towards them. We should have a vision of the future as opposed to just acting blindly moment to moment. But it can obscure sometimes like who needs aid right now and what can we do to provide that aid or that political structure to defend certain groups Um, that and likewise it's the kind of thing hope is a a tricky thing to start playing with as the root for any kind of movement because the second something comes up to strongly dissuade hope you can have people start quitting Mm. and leftism has always been an uphill battle you can't do it based on hope you have to do it based on a fervent desire for a better world because otherwise the world is the the capitalistic world and the imperial world is designed to sucker punch you and leave you going this is all a fucking waste of time like
0: Mm. yeah and mark fisher gets at that point really well i mean that's the whole idea of capitalist realism isn't it? it's it's yeah you know, this whole world is set up to make it look like there's nothing outside the cave
1: and it's very easy to trick ourselves especially when we start like you don't need to believe there's anything outside the cave to thrust wildly towards where the outside of the cave would be that's sort of the root thing hope can feel good and it's necessary to recharge ourselves and to be mindful of those elements and any kind of organizing but the work is more important um which is which is hard
0: yeah it is and uh that's yeah so as i said on the last episode do, people at home do do check out k punk it yeah it's it's a doorstop, yeah. But one, you know, you have Kindles nowadays. It's, it doesn't have to be particularly heavy. And two, um, you can like just dive in. It's like yeah. uh, it's like the sayings of a prophet. You just like open it up and go on a page. The and... beauty
1: of it, and simil- books similar to it, is since it's a collection of a lot of smaller writing that uh, that interconnects. You can, you can even bounce around with it. like You don't have to feel obligated to pick up and read the entire book. You can read like a small chunk of it and be yeah, okay. Yeah. It's not
0: chronological at all. It's, it yeah. bounces around itself. You, you're not going to uh, follow a, an arc with it. Uh, you could probably yeah. cut it all together and make an arc, or you know, make your own intellectual arc of what Mark Fisher's ideas were at a particular time, where he goes from the quite... I wouldn't say... Uh, anarchistic CCRU to a more kind of I, he's not exactly a statist by the end but he wants a an organized left and yeah he's more he's more like tom uh said on the, on the show he's someone like the the corbyn movement in the uk right now is a is a good idea of where he wants things to be
1: and it's it it's also sometimes i think important to bring up that anarchists it takes a really naive anarchist and a really young, like, politically young anarchist to think that people are saying there shouldn't be any structures. It's more that structures should respond to moment—respond uh, primarily to moment-to-moment needs of a community rather than to the existence and propagation of itself itself. That's sort of the biggest critique of the Soviet Union that came up is that at a certain point, it became a political object that sought to preserve and reproduce itself like any other political object. And that is not commensurate with the aims of communism.
0: Communism is about the the needs of the people,
1: not. Yeah, exactly. Um, And that's where, you know, we can have productive leftist critique of those spaces because we're not critiquing the thing they were striving towards or even occasional successes towards that. It's just, and so when he's saying he wants an organized left and he wants structures that are able to fight to win, it's more that like serious anarchists aren't saying everyone should wear black masks and be in the street and not coordinate with each other all the time. Like you have to coordinate. I
0: I believe it's actually uh, yellow jackets nowadays. That's true. but
1: But yeah, so it's, yeah, I, I think part of uh, – he still has a very anarchistic streak to him, and that comes up a lot from his his upbringing in, uh, in punk space, and then from there the broader intellectual alter- alternative space of, uh, of the 80s and 90s that had a lot of these anarchistic thoughts baked in. But anarchists, real anarchists, people who ascribe to an anarchistic political philosophy and uh, p- pursue it – organized they don't they're not they're not acting randomly they're like they're not they're not acting without coordination with one another that just doesn't get anything done like it, it just it just straight up doesn't do anything
0: yeah i, I um have to plug another show right now because I, I was on um uh black banner magic which is a, a show part that's aligned with um the revolutionary left radio podcast in now network and we hit ha- me and uh, Nestor, the host, had a big long chat about um, that kind of, uh, the tension between organizing and, I guess, egoism, and um think books like The Coming Insurrection and uh, stuff of that nature. It was, uh, so go and check that out, because I'll be up, up online fairly soon. Uh, plug over. Oh, and we also talked about uh, The Invisibles, the book, so which is yeah, kind of a cornerstone for me.
1: Strong recommendation of The Invisibles. I was gazing yeah. longingly at my collection of The Invisibles, which very prophetically is missing its center volume. I only am missing volume four. <laughs> um,
0: well, it's, by the way, did you did you notice that the uh, one of the volumes of The Invisibles is named after one of the songs that uh, Mark Fisher wrote during his um, embarrassing techno period? Yes. Entropy in the UK.
1: Yeah, it's... Um, it's uh they were both big fans of each other from uh from what i've read
0: mm, and like yeah, met I, I with each other it.
1: before and really? uh, I didn't know
0: they'd actually like 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 met face to face
1: i'm not i i'm i don't remember from what i read whether it was saying they literally met face to face or whether it was that they were in correspondence with each other at some point or like had a mutual friend and just were like hey i love your stuff hey i love your stuff too but it, they were more aware of each other than just casually knowing each other's work
0: yeah, I bet. That does not surprise me at all, right? Yeah, because Morrison's actually
1: been active in the UK left, so it doesn't surprise me that he would run into another major figure in the UK
0: left. Yeah. He's actually the power behind Corbin.
1: That, He's that like makes the, sense. the
0: grey He's eminence. He's like jacking his, off
1: constantly for yeah, Corbin. Yeah, just
0: powering up Corbin.
1: <laughs> I'm going to power up all your crystals, buddy. All no, on <laughs> my own. And Corbin's right? like,
0: thank you. Uh, no the power too much can't uh, control it grant morrison's just beating his meat just i can't feel my hands (laughs) (laughs) that's a terrible Glaswegian accent but uh, i uh
1: as an american actually it becomes perfect by the fact that i did it that's the beauty of america
0: true oh yeah you you are exceptional yeah as as a culture and as a person (laughs) yeah all right so um Let's uh, let's grapple with the the most important um, question of our day at the moment, which is, what is two thousand eighteen? The dictionary defines two thousand eighteen. Uh, two thousand eighteen feels, you know that c- quote. I think it was Lennon, um, friend of the show, about how a year sometimes years pass and nothing happens then a week passes and years happen uh 2018 was about 10 years because do you remember like the parkland shooting and david hogg that happened this year didn't it it Isn't did right? Go, yep yeah that was this year that feels like decades ago i feel like I, i'm gonna like open up buzzfeed one day and there'll be like a you remember david hogg this is him now he's like huge and he's got like five kids and but he's still 17 or maybe just passed over into 18 it's yeah yeah.
1: it's it's a really cliche quote but the fact that we had an olympics this year
0: oh god we (laughs) 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 what's even happening i i and i think I think we had several Olympics this year. I think the twenty twelve Olympics took place this year as well, and um, I, yeah, I remember that bomb going off at the Olympics in Atlanta this year. And, um, remember Eddie the Eagle uh, jumping on the thing in the Calgary Olympics this year? It was uh, it's been a big year for the Olympics. Since it's been it's a lot eight. of a, a
1: lot of olympicing has been going on, really. Yeah, it's um. I think the shortest way to describe twenty eighteen would be bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah, bad. There we go. That's yeah, it. That's 2018.
0: Uh, yeah, it's been a horrible, horrible year, hasn't it? It's um, been
1: very bad.
0: We, we, uh, especially since we, we finally got confirmation that, uh, yeah, the world's ending in a, you know, a few decades. We're not even going to be that old when, it, when it's... Uh,
1: when we're when we well injured, fucked Yeah. And so, even better, pretty much like, we also have confirmation from stuff that happened that things like um, the US and the UK government's have had access to this information for a very long time and don't deny it. Like it confirmed the gut feeling of a lot of uh, leftist environmental conspiratorial types that they can't possibly actually not believe in global warming. They just don't think it will affect them. And then, yeah, we get, we get information where like Exxon reveals that, They had their own scientists under their own payroll look into it. And the scientists strongly said that global warming will absolutely do exactly what everyone's saying. And Exxon's response was, well, that'll free up the ice in the Arctic so we can drill there more easily. (laughs) And that's literally a company document that's been leaked. That's
0: that's like a heroin addict saying, "Okay, if I OD, I can go to hospital and maybe when I'm there, I'll steal more drugs. Yeah, it's baffling. How Exxon would would think that was a good idea, but they they absolutely one hundred percent think it, and they they somehow think their share prices are going to remain stable through like Miami being underwater, and a hurricane eating New York. But yeah, that's their business. We just got to survive. So canned food time, everyone.
1: It's uh. It's, uh... Yeah, it's it's a really remarkably shitty uh time to be alive, uh, in any capacity. Also, every government is getting exponentially worse for no other oh, yeah. reason than because they can.
0: Hmm, yeah. And even the aforementioned Corbyn thing in in here and the the Bernie Ocasio-Cortez thing over there, uh, it doesn't seem like it seems like even though the majority of people in this country would like lick the pavement beneath Jeremy Corbyn's feet right now just to have him get into number 10 uh it doesn't seem like it's ever gonna happen because this series of like idiotic and strange and weird blunders that the the people who run this country who aren't even like Machiavellian geniuses they're just idiots
1: they're stupid but strong it's like you don't to break a house you don't need a genius saboteur. You need a really big wrecking ball, and that's a I mean, that's what they, they, don't they are. Even have not... that. They've
0: got they've got like a single hammer, and they just like put their foot into a bucket, and it <laughs> fell over, and and through this like Rube Goldberg like Wiley E. Coyote thing, managed to destroy not even a house, but like an entire tower block. Um, and yeah, they they they're not even powerful or smart they're just they're just stupid and it turns out that being stupid is the key that unlocks all (laughs) doors you can do anything you want as long as you're stupid
1: it's uh it's important to note that we live in the worst possible reality um
0: oh yeah absolutely the dumbest timeline that's not the evil timeline where everyone has a beard it's the stupid timeline where a bucket is on your head, and you say, who turned out the
1: lights? <laughs> this is why I try to tell people to not listen to the demon that is hope, because hope in some fashion relies upon a, sen- a logical rubric, and we are beyond that. We are outside of that realm. It cannot help us now. Yeah. We have to That's... think dumber and stronger than them, and if someone's like, what does that mean? I'd go, you're not dumb enough to understand what it means. you got to get dumber. you got to reach... Deep into being really stupid and pull out being an idiot forever.
0: Yeah, it's like that. Uh, that beat poet who decided to kill himself, but that the only pro- properly dadaist way to commit suicide was to get a lobotomy. Uh, so he pretended to be crazy and get, uh, got a lobotomy. We need to all just get a lobotomy, till we're dumb enough to, to even stupider than the really stupid people, and then we can pull the elitist card on like paul joseph watson or tommy robinson or i mean they very uk-centric but they're all very stupid people but um you know what let, let's talk about the best things of 2018 because um
1: a worst of 2018 it? literally would be a podcast of its own that could have weekly episodes and never run out of material
0: oh yeah there, there could be there could be like a a true crime like criminal style podcast It's just about 2018 the
1: thing that i love the most about how fucked you guys are in britain is uh what is it the uh the eu actually said you're allowed to not brexit if you want
0: <laughs> they're yeah, like give us an out and we're, we're just not taking it they're it's like, amazing
1: they're like i mean i think we all got a good laugh out of this but for real you don't actually have to do this it's a really bad yeah. idea
0: <laughs> i know i I know and they know every literally everyone knows there's no one who doesn't know this
1: (laughs) even even conservatives i love how it's been leaked i say scare quote leaked because it's the most obvious shit in the world that uh the conservatives didn't expect brexit to actually pass they did it as like a political gambit so that way they could blame it on uh on labor uh, for the next election and win a Tory majority and then it passed and like oh shit we have to do it now oh fuck oh yeah. fuck
0: <laughs> and then David Cameron resigns he leaves it to Theresa May who has no idea what she's doing and has no charisma no one likes her even among her own party she
1: wanted to grab the brass ring and uh, then she realized that uh, David David Cameron left because it's a whole bucket of shit
0: um yeah but some speaking of grabbing things someone did grab the mace and um yeah that's i'm uh, i'm pretty shook now because you don't grab the mace as
1: an american you,
0: do, you don't do it
1: i had to learn that that's a thing in britain is that that's that mace is always in parliament and available but for
0: real though everyone knew that everyone found out that there's actually a mace in parliament that represents the queen's power i um, i was like wait, no one knew that before yeah. except the guy who stole it
1: <laughs> it's, I, uh, it reminds me of uh, I love the beautiful quirks of uh, British government because I don't live there. And so I can just enjoy them from afar instead of be harassed by them daily. Like that. Uh, yeah. The Queen has a special rock. And if she doesn't sit over it once every period of time, Ireland is free. Really? or it's or scotland
0: did you make one that of, up one of the two I, I literally cannot tell if that's no that's made up that's or not.
1: real and there was a heist to try what? to steal it and they actually faked out the heisters and it was a fake stone uh
0: what? It's, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's... i'm heavy breathing right I, need, I need a bag to breathe in
1: stone what? of scone that's it yes
0: as, as in like the little cakes yep uh, it's,
1: also it's... known as the stone of destiny um
0: <laughs> historically
1: the <laughs> artifact was kept at the now ruined Scone Abbey in Scone near Perth Scotland but as an American I will call it stone uh called Jacob's Pillar Stone or the Tanist Stone um this
0: is- this is just absurd it, every day i learn my country's even more stupid than <laughs> it was yesterday i learned about the mace <laughs> and today i've learned about the scone stone
1: it was but... it was stolen from scotland and represents scottish power and the fact that uh it was stolen by edward First, which checks out and the the fact that english people are uh coronated over it uh is Uh, what gives them power over the kingdom of scotland
0: no it doesn't i know know that and you know that but your country doesn't know that country's the absolute worst
1: um, okay, they made, we're gonna
0: do this. They, they made oh, a, no, There's even more stupid. They okay. made a
1: special slot in the coronation chair just so can for the stone. So someone could
0: fuck it. So right.
1: It's no, it's it's a slot in the front of the chair to put the stone inside because otherwise you would have you wouldn't be coronated on the stone. They did this. They did this to make sure that you can sit on the stone. The chair is called King Edward's chair. Um, oh God. It's like the,
0: like, ludicrous um, and absolutely counterintuitive puzzles you have to do in Dark Souls to get through to certain areas. Except we're doing it with, like, countries.
1: Apparently, at one point, um, when the Kingdom of Scotland was still independent, England agreed to return the captured stone in 1328. And your country, being full of dullards, rioted because they were so angry about this, and blocked entry to West <laughs> Westminster Abbey, thus prohibiting movement of the stone.
0: <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> <laughs> We can't we can't riot over like Brexit, but we can riot over the removal of a magic stone that gives you power over Scotland.
1: Uh, Now now an agreement over the magic rock was apparently made in nineteen ninety six where it symbolically is returned to Scotland, except when it's needed for coronation, then English monarchs are coronated on it so that they retain power over Scotland.
0: Excellent. Well, that's. I'm. I'm glad we've sorted the magic stone issue out.
1: <laughs> <still>. You live. <laughs> you live in the stupidest country. Like, like we have an idiot that's president. But this feels like that feels like a normal problem. Like, just a fucking yeah. moron can do whatever he wants. We don't have insane Lord of the Rings shit as part of the government process.
0: No, you don't. Although you do have uh, not gold fringes on your flags, which means they're Admiralty flags, which means you don't have to obey any laws. That's true. I read. That's true, there. So, um, yeah. Let's okay. What was the best book that was released this year, according to you?
1: Because
0: um, ostensibly, this is a books podcast. We've spent the last 32 minutes <laughs> a little off track, but we're going to get back on track. Um, We've got to decide the best book of 2018. That was read.
1: The, the, the best that... book
0: of twenty eighteen is probably *The Overstory* by Richard Powers, but I haven't read that, so um,
1: yeah, I haven't you know. read that either. I've heard a lot of good things about it, but I keep reading yeah. comic books because I'm six. Um, <laughs> the best, okay, so the book that influenced me the most and that I enjoyed reading the most was *Easily Sicilian*. That both mm-hmm. there was um, at least released in English this year. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure if it would if I'd say it's the best. The uh the literary studier in me feels like there are some uh there's some prosaic moves that I've seen in in some other books that, that would notch them a little bit higher. Um uh, unfortunately the Night Ocean came out in December of last year, so that doesn't count for twenty eighteen. Damn. Trying to remember what what books did come out this year. Trigger warning was not the best book of 2018. I can comfortably not. say that. So that's that's a Life good. Was
0: trip, trip, and trigger warning. Probably not very good books. Trip was um,
1: also not the best book. Um,
0: yeah. I, my pick is the Mere Wife by um, Maria Hadley.
1: That was remember, that was a good book.
0: It was a very, very good, damn good book. Um...
1: I'm looking at some books that came out this year, and I, um, I'm not liking a lot of them. I remember looking at them yeah, and I'm like,
0: "It's uh I think I feel like I really should have read the Overstory just because that's probably a really good book. Like in a in a like in a, <laughs> I don't even know how how to grasp it. Like it. It feels like it's going to be an important book for many years. Uh, and there's other stuff that I, I didn't read that is apparently great, like uh, The Mars Room by Rachel Kushner. There's um, A Year of Something. Uh, the one where the lady sleeps for a year. Yeah. And that's a good one, apparently. Uh, there is Circe. Yeah, I was, heard like, really good of things big, about Circe. Like crossover hits and blah, like... Um, well like normies read it so um maybe that was a a great book but there there are just too many books and there's too much stuff to do unless you're unless you have a a job that allows you virtually unlimited free time and uh normal people don't which is why we don't read a lot of books like, I've, I've probably read more books this year than I have in the previous five, just because I've been doing this, and I've been forcing myself to read books, and it's so hard to keep up on reading books.
1: I, uh, I don't, um, the way that I'm able to read as much as I do, and I'm aware that I read a good bit more than a regular person, not not so much, I mean, it, it's comparable to any, like, big reader. I, I might even be on the lower end of that, but... Is I this is how I'm able to do it? If this says anything, I don't watch mm-hmm. movies pretty much ever. Um, oh yeah, same. like ever at all. Not on Netflix. Not in theaters. I don't. I just, just don't. Um, people are like, "Hey, did you see the new film?" And I'm like, "Nope." And they're like, "You didn't let me." And I'm like, "I didn't see it." Um,
0: yeah, I've seen two films this year: uh, Infinity War and Sorry to Bother You. I don't. That's and that's it.
1: I don't really watch TV. I'll watch some anime sometimes.
0: Yeah, just a standard eight hours of anime per day.
1: Like, I gotta That's... get my JoJo. I gotta get I gotta get my <laughs> JoJo injections. I gotta see how the ghosts <laughs> currently they're doing crime in Italy. I hate Italians. And so I gotta see how this shakes <laughs> out. <sounds. laughs> That's my new gimmick. I'm Italian, so I'm allowed to be racist against Italians. Got it. <laughs> um but, uh, and, i'm
0: allowed to be racist against the irish that's true i'm I'm not irish but
1: uh you're british so you're allowed no. you're allowed that yeah. people expect it from you um uh there's also a good anime going about a bookseller uh that's a good one loving it um, oh, is that
0: the, the skeleton yeah that, i heard that was good
1: it's actually really good yeah okay. um but yeah and then also i don't the other big cultural affectation is i don't Really listen to podcasts. I'll listen to bits and pieces of them, um, and there are certain things that I'll keep up with. But a lot, I just, I, to be honest, they just they don't really sound interesting to me, so I just don't.
0: I mostly really, uh, listen all. to a lot because I can. I'm lucky enough to be able to to do to listen to podcasts when I do my day job, so I can just have my headphones on and listen to stuff. Uh, that's pretty rare though. And that's how I can listen to tons and kind of quote them at will. But, um, yeah, that's not a normal thing. And, and I want to do that more with books, but I find I, I can't really do it as well. Like, I, I can zone in and out of a Chapo episode, but I, if, it, if I zone in and out of books, then I lose the thread and it's gone. So I can't do audiobooks. But uh, if we're speaking of anime, uh, I think uh, we need to acknowledge the greatest anime of the year. And that is That is. It's a long, it's a long drum roll. Uh right, doing a drum roll. Goblin Slayer. Oh it's so amazingly lit. Okay. Setup, right? It's it's a fantasy kingdom, but it's uh like Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's like uh meta text met, there's like there's a fourth wall break in where you realize you're actually just watching a game of Dungeons & Dragons being played. And there's this one guy called the Goblin Slayer. Uh, no one in this anime has names. They're all referred to by their, like, race and class, like Elven Archer or Dwarf Mage and so on. Goblin Slayer is a guy who has Asperger's, but for killing goblins. Like, he only talks about killing goblins in a monotone and knows everything there is to know about the life cycle and tactics of a goblin and how to kill them it's so good it's it's basically a police procedural uh on the kind of the the wire end of the spectrum where it's super authentic except it's authentic about the murder of the genocide of goblins it's amazing and everyone should immediately go and watch it Uh, except there's like really gratuitous sexual violence really throughout and utterly pointless um nudity and sexual content that is that adds nothing and uh, makes me feel really gross other than that uh, a, a classic your thoughts on goblins Stair? uh
1: i think it's i think it's really lit um
0: <laughs> good you better okay so just that's it will, will yeah, we... it's, okay. um... we'll, we'll leave that there Goblin Slayer right so Goblin Slayer wins the um, Raytheon award for anime of the year and moving on with the awards um, we have the Monsanto award for smoking weed every day smoke it for 20 smoke weed every day and the nominations are Drum sound effect swag mids that loud and the winner of the 2019 Monsanto award for smoking weed every day smoke it blaze it 420 oh, smoke weed every day pick up me smoke weed every day up it's mids it's mids mids is what yeah it's mids cuz you can you know
1: they're affordable
0: yeah they're af- you can afford them you don't get all freaked out uh you can smoke them like just with friends you can play guitar you know mids are an afford uh, superior alternative to the, the frankly, over-hybridized um, over and much too strong in terms of THC load that you find in what would be referred to as that loud. Uh, so, yeah, MIDS goes away with the award this year. Well done to MIDS. And we're actually at the 4- 42nd minute of this podcast, so it's like a 4.20 thing. I thought, yeah, people appreciate that so mids has won this this year but uh also music like we need to talk about like which band is the best because that's one of the most important things you can possibly do online it's
1: it's been an insanely stacked year when it comes to music like almost every week has had like four to five like really solid records that that yeah, I but... listen to, and that's like that's a lot to just get around to listening to of new music every week. I'm certain I missed mm,
0: yeah. some, yeah. Like, I, I only discovered The Armed had an amazing record out in April, like last week, and uh, yeah, we like just shot up to the top of the um, my year end list if I ever make one, which I won't, but um, so okay, so some great records that come in come out this year um the body they've released like four or five but um i fought against it by can't longer
1: incredible, incredible. record yeah. probably and, their best one
0: yet yeah and it's pro and it's pretty closer to electronica than it is to metal but it's yeah it is a really great record very really great band um two molt they uh i think put out uh record and an EP, but Manner of Infinite Forms was probably really, the best really
1: death metal record that came out this year. Am
0: closely I? followed. Yeah. I'd say so too, but very closely followed by that um Outer Heaven record. Yes. So I really like that. That was it sounded really different from a lot of stuff out there while still being like still pulling off really great death metal. Um and Mitski,
1: yeah, I loved that that,
0: record. I know you know it's it's Pitchfork's pick of the year as well, and um, but that was such an amazing album.
1: Over at Trouble, it was our pick too. It's like literally everyone, like the rap kids, had it on their uh, lists. The metal uh, metal folk had it on their list. Punk people had it on their lists. The electronica people had it on their list. Like every everyone loves the record because it's great
0: it is yeah truly truly great record and uh now it's just up to her to start really badly sucking yeah so i really hope this doesn't go to her head because she seems like a nice person yeah and she, she i'm sure she's lovely and i i really hope like this amount of critical attention doesn't go to her head but um speaking of someone who did start to suck is kanye west Oh yeah, like, yeah, that one. He can normally be relied upon to be up there in the top 10 of releases for this year, but you know a hell of a lot more about him than, than I do, so uh, the, the, tell it, the, preach.
1: The short version is he put out a lot of music this year, um, a set of five, it'd be better to call them EPs than albums, but five releases with five different people uh, or five different sets of people where he was the main producer for each one of them was a solo record. One was a collaboration with, uh, kid Cuddy. There was the push a T solo record, the, um, Tiana Taylor record, the Nas record. And like the lowest quality one was interesting, but not great. And then the heights of them were like the push a T record was one of the best rap records of the year. And the kid Sea ghost record was incredible. Um, yeah, the, the problem ever as always was he spoke directly into a microphone about things he was thinking, and that, that really ruined almost <laughs> everything. He needs to not ever do that, just just put out the art. The art is good, we like the art. Even when we don't like the art, we have productive discussions about it. Don't ever speak into a microphone.
0: Yeah, wasn't there like a whole bit about him like killing Kim Kardashian on one of them or some? D- Is there nonsense about that, or? I
1: don't think that happened. I don't recall that at all, but it just I mean, he it hasn't was...
0: actually killed Kim Kardashian right? I should clarify that, but uh... It was just he, uh
1: like a a remarkably botched um rollout of of nearly everything where he just starts opening his mouth about he keeps going back and forth on on the Trump thing. And what exactly he means by it, and what exactly his thoughts are, to the point where I don't trust anything that comes out of his mouth to be his actual thoughts. They're just what he is thinking right at that moment. Um, but also, he's bad at the internal filter that allows him to uh, to process. Like, is this a great idea?
0: Hmm. Yeah, and his internal filter in his previous stuff was not was his best part he would like come up with insane ideas but they would be great like sampling uk subs on a rap record and you know just almost up till um, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy you know he was doing crazy crazy stuff but it was working and now his filter is just out of whack and he's yeah especially when it comes to politics which has been like
1: the only thing he wants to talk about for some reason yeah. even though it's the thing he knows least about
0: mm. and <laughs> this year has been like a, a every really, one of the good things about this year was that politics for african-americans has been like brought to the fore a lot uh because you had black panther coming out you had sorry to bother you and yeah um, Kanye kind of ruined it with his whole let's abolish the 16th Amendment or whatever that whole nonsense was. Um, yeah, he kind of let side down a bit. But um, you know who else was hella prolific in 2018? Was Dow, because they put out five records Yeah, and they were all really good. I, I genuinely believe all the Dow, Dow records well none of them were classics, I think they were all really really good. The Magus was the the best one, but they were all yeah, they were all very good uh, the the noise one was yeah you know, it was it was a noise record, so it's you know it's your m- people's mileage will vary with it but the their their summer of thou thing they they pulled it off whereas yeah. Kanye West didn't so i'm I'm feeling what thou have uh I've done this year. Uh, I'd like to see them do do more. Uh, well, not do more, because they did an insane amount of stuff, but um, yeah, they've always been one of my favorite bands, and any time that they bring something out, it's good. Any time they collaborate with, i.e. The Body, which they've done like five times, yeah! it's always good. And, um, yeah, so... Yeah. Day and Mitski, I think... Uh, get joint artist of the year from me yeah but uh and maybe she could join them for collab that would probably be the, the only thing that could really um, redeem this veil of tears and shadows that we live in but um that won't ever happen so there is no solace uh, in this world there is none I've fought against it but I can't longer um is were there any other any other albums do we wanna do we wanna shout about?
1: Um, yeah. the Tribulation record was absolutely incredible. Um, it was exactly I what to I that wanted.
0: Enough, but um, I do love Tribulation, so they, yeah, they get a thumbs up.
1: Uh, Sumac put out two records this year. One with Kaiji Haino um, early in the year. Haino, however you pronounce that, um, am not great pronunciation um and then their newest one love and shadows which was just them Mm -hmm. doing that was
0: incredible yeah
1: Yeah. um honestly the big issue i ran into with with writing for places is trying to narrow it down to like 10 records felt fucking impossible narrowing Mm -hmm. it down to 50 was tough like my long list had 170 albums on it (laughs)
0: Jesus. And at
1: a certain point, I was like, honestly, aside from like my top three, where I was like, the three that I really wanted to shout out were the Mitski, the Tribulation, and the Pusha T record. I was like,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: outside of that, I don't. You you could pluck any of these, and I'd be like, that's a great record. And then you pluck another one, that's a great record. Like just so like I heavily encourage everyone to like look at a lot of different lists this year. Like there's
0: you'll always find a really good one like the uh stereo gums one is always good i was reading pitchforks today and i found a bunch of uh hip-hop and techno stuff i wouldn't have heard of otherwise
1: yeah like i spent Uh, this year listening to a lot of electronic music just to sort of broaden my uh broaden my palette there and a lot of like um orchestral stuff like uh kelly uh, moran who an actual friend of the podcast um put out an incredible record through warped this year. Just immaculate. Um Toby Driver put out he's the main guy of uh, like KO. put out a new record this year that was absolutely gorgeous. Um all like avant-garde ballads, but leaning much more on the traditional end like the avant-garde is more how he accentuates the ballads. It sounds like like Tom Waits early stuff. But yeah, like
0: yeah, I do love KO. I haven't actually listen to that Toby Driver record so really good you need to check that out. okay I will give that one a spin um, yeah there's uh, what's, that? what's that one I liked um, Hop Along um, uh, yeah the band Hop Along I can't remember the name of the album I was listening to this the other day and I was like here's a really solid indie pop record and it's it's not normally the kind of stuff I'd like, because normally that can get in a bit twee. But, uh, yeah, Hop Along so, uh, were really good. It's uh, Bark Your Head Off, Dog. That was actually a really nice album. Um, the Chemist's album, I liked, I know a lot of people don't like Chemist, because they think, I, I don't know, people's nah. problem with Chemists. They're were, a good band. Were, but they are a good band. They're a damn good band. And... Um, yeah, I really liked. Was good. I really liked the uh, the
1: Ghost Record. They just fully embraced that they're like, we're a pop rock band, we're a very theatrical pop rock band that is that just sings about Satan. Hmm.
0: Yeah, and yeah. like a lot okay. of the
1: critiques of the band fall on like, well, you know, they're not yeah, as no, heavy mental. as. It's like, yeah, correct. Neither is yeah. neither it's is school. Kesha. Like, I don't like, I don't, I don't look <laughs> at Kesha and be too? like, weren't you, weren't you metal? Like they just aren't like
0: yeah I, I i i don't like ghosts on the basis of the sound just doesn't connect with me for some reason maybe no, i fair. listen to it a ton of times like i mean it, I don't like, like them not on the basis that they're not metal yeah I mean, that's
1: like not, not liking the tracks is the purest reason and fairest reason to not like something but yeah when people are like oh it's not it's not metal yeah. yeah, there's plenty of stuff that's not metal, man. Like, I, I love metal, but you, you like, come on.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Mitsuki is literally the best album of the year. So. Yeah,
1: I just, like, that one, I wasn't ready for how much of an emotional sucker punch that was going to be. Yeah.
0: I, I left that one way too late, because I heard all the hype about it, and I was, um, yeah, I I didn't <clears throat> get in right at the bottom floor of that one. Insane.
1: It, a lot of it came from, and I think, I think we're all guilty of this in certain extents. Um, and I don't think it's actually necessarily anything that's all that wrong. We just need to be aware that we can do this. For me, it was the people who were repping the Mitsuki record. I was like, oh, I don't normally. Share taste with them. Sometimes I was probably more snobby about it than that, but at root, it was that thought of like, oh, me and them don't always see eye to eye on records. So you know, them loving a record doesn't necessarily mean that I'm gonna like it. Maybe it'll mean that I like really don't like. It's like I don't like uh mom jeans or snail mail. Like I think those groups are okay. They're just they're not really my thing. That's fine. Yeah. They make like sh- that
0: uh, soccer mommy record yeah. that everyone's uh, big on. Least, yeah. yeah,
1: same. And it's like that. That's fine. They shoot for a different crowd, that's fine. Those people can love the record. That's awesome. So I figured Mitski was going to be... And musically, she is similar, but it reminds... There's enough little, like... Like, weird, proggy touches in these really small songs that I I go nuts for. It didn't surprise me when I found out that apparently she studied uh, music composition and performance um, in university before... uh, I think she dropped out before finishing her degree, but her first two records were made as a process um, like for her degree.
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely seems like she she, she's more of compared to like Soccer Mommy, who's just like a person with guitar and maybe a piano. Mitsuki seems to really know her shit in terms of music and musicology and to want to really push what a pop rock album can do if it even is pop rock at this point yeah she's genuinely really a fascinating artist so yeah she gets she's the um, official pick of the year so yay to her Um, and in other awards uh, the award for best girl uh, goes is uh, the nominees are as follows uh, Asuka Langley Soryu, Rei Ayanami, Major Mitsuku Mits- Misato Katsuragi, and the winner, Best Girl 2018, is the girl listening to this. That's <gasps> right. You Both won! Girls, you won. All girls are wonderful and beautiful and valid.
1: We're respecting them right now.
0: We're We're probably the most girl-respected podcast of, of all of them.
1: Press the podcast uh, to your heart. Do you feel that yeah. respect?
0: Yeah. That's the respect that comes from two true male feminist allies. Which we say that's, we
1: are all the time.
0: Yeah. That's... A number of my face tats say that. And yeah just got a lot of love for literally all the women in the world even the ones that are like child murderers and stuff so yeah just love all women that that's what the largest and most prominent to my face tats just says love all women and um yeah so we we'll, we got one more show in 2018 then we're off for christmas or whichever holiday we're going to have. And uh, then I'm going to take a a short break in the new year. Uh, Langdon is going to take over the show. Uh, He's promised there will be no anime.
1: I would never do that. It's a foundational stone of the show is that 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 exists between me and Gareth, these arguments, these discussions. But that it... It, the combat must be settled before any forward yeah, progress can be made.
0: Yeah, steel sharpens steel. You know? Exactly. We can't just like let Norby's into the huge complexity of our anime opinions. Uh, we need to spar intellectually through anime. And uh, only the to... greatest
1: genius will live and thus dominate psychically and intellectually for all of time.
0: Yeah, I, I... I... I always saying that aren't I always saying that i like i I keep saying that over and over, so yeah we'll i'll be I'll be out for January then I'm coming back, come back strong, vivified uh by no p January I'm just gonna hold it in all of January it's, and um,
1: <laughs> it's important to not let any leak out don't those are your yellow humors, and if you imbalance them, you'll become weak.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, I'll, I'll be screaming a lot because my bladder will go you know, it will be the size of like a grapefruit and I'll just be in constant pain. So obviously I can't podcast in that condition, but I will have mastered myself. And um yeah, uh, next week we've got an awesome guest coming up. Uh I'm not going to plug it just in case he falls out at the last minute, but a uh, really awesome guest and we're going to be talking about an incredible book that wasn't released this year at all, but it's still incredible. So I'm going to leave off here with not Mitski because, uh, you know, she's got a record company that could sue us. But
1: You should just be listening to that record on your own anyway. Yeah. If you need yeah. us, like, man, go yeah. it,
0: It's on Spotify. I mean, everyone has Spotify. Um, I'm going to play Sickly Heart of Sand off the body record because it sounds like the end of an incredible film. And it it sounds like the end of like a film where like Goblin Slayer and Optimus Prime and all the Evangelions are beating up um like that guy, uh Mark Fields was it, that guy who like uh that Nazi who killed Heverhea.
1: Yeah. Uh
0: it sounds like all of them are beating up that one guy. And it's very triumphant and amazing and uh so we'll leave off with that with that song come back next week because we're going to be doing cowboy stuff uh see you next week